New on Curiosity Stream. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Technical difficulties everywhere. Happy New Year, Daryl. What is going on? Welcome back to 2022 round three. Due I never to thought we'd get here. Technical difficulties everywhere. That's okay. You got a new place. You're in a new home. You got a new studio. New place. Yes. New setup. Right. Oh, right. TK. So how's that going? How's that I love going? the house. Place? Yeah, it's great. It's great. A lot of, lot of moving. A lot of, lot of. A lot of back pain, a lot of hard work, but we're in. I love it. My wife, my wife actually, we started off, you know, before we moved in, my wife was like, I don't know if I'm going to have enough cupboard space, storage space. And it turns out, TK, yep. we have more, more cupboard space. Yeah. Than you, than you anticipated. What a dream to hear. Yes. What a dream to hear. I wasn't going to have to figure out where to put more dishes. But yes, we you are got a in a bigger office. I don't know if it's bigger, but it's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you it's can't really room. see most of it. It's a dedicated room yeah. and it is amazing. Jealous. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can come here. We could do the podcast from here. That'd be cool. Maybe one day. Yeah. We, we could also do it. Maybe one day we'll do a live podcast. Look at that. How weird would that be? I don't have to. I don't want to have to put on pants or anything, you know. Well, Sunday, Sunday morning is dedicated to uh, pajama bottoms. Generally, like Sunday mornings around here, pants are not required. So, I mean, okay, like you're this like family. Enticing. You're yeah, like family. This is, this is enticing. <laughs> so, TK, we we had a great year. If we did a, a year in review, it would be. Uh, this mic is so heavy to hold like this, but anyways, what a wonderful year! I get to yeah. hold a mic like this and. People are actually Put listening. Stand. Put it on the stand. Speaking of which, I can't. It won't work. It's not going to be good. This is good, though. I'm not phasing in and out, am I? Okay. No. Oh, this is good. Doing great. So, 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 TK. Yeah. We stuck with this thing. We're still. We're here. still here, and people. People are. People are watching, but more. We're more committed we than ever. More committed than ever, and like, is, does that really seem possible? Than every week forever how long have we been doing this this is like a you know what year i like uh, i like to live my life one week at a time one podcast at a time one pod from podcast to podcast <laughs> this is how this is how we live are we gonna get merch or what i think so i'm wearing it right now you can order a toronto real estate show black plain black t-shirt yeah or jujitsu t-shirts if you want yeah. jujitsu t-shirts i can get you them just they would dm be, me yeah so TK, here we are, 2022. What a crazy year for real estate 2021 was. Who would have summarize. thought? Let summarize. Me summarize the last Please. two weeks because we had our we had our uh, planner on last week and and we haven't been able to do it. 
the market exploded again with pricing over the last two weeks. Hundreds of thousands of dollars of sales over that, you know, that price that the September, October prices, they are old news. And, and prices that have now been achieved over the last couple of weeks are so high. I had property in Thornhill that, you know, was sitting on the market that had all sorts of TRCA and heritage and nobody wanted to buy this place whatsoever. Even that one sold for top dollar. We had top dollar hundreds of thousands over the last sale, like a month ago, like people got desperate over the last two weeks. There is no inventory. Go online, go on realtor.ca, go on house Sigma, go on Zolo. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. Anywhere. And what's even crazier. So, oh, so that's interesting. So I went on House Sigma today just to see, you know, what things are sold for in the area now that we've moved in, right? And guess what? Nothing's fucking sold and nothing's for sale. So yeah. how how does somebody even do a comp right now when things are just exploding all around everything? And then all of a sudden, you're the one house in the area that everybody wants to live in. It looks like this. It looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like a real estate agent right now going, you know, what the, you know what the agents are just doing is they're just going in there and they're just telling people ridiculous prices. And they're just saying, yeah, you want, you want $2 million. The last sale was 1 million. I can do that, but we need to price it at eight ninety nine, Right. And that's what they're doing is that they're getting sellers hopes up. And then it's hard when you're a seller and you list your property and you've just vacated your house for a week. And now you got 10 offers on offer night it's hard to say no to that offer. Even if it's not the price that you wanted, there's a lot of pent up energy that you've put in, that you know the agents put in, that you know there's a long list of buyers that, that that's you know put in. Very rarely have I dealt with sellers willing and able to be able to withstand the pressures of offer night, right? They usually end up you know saying, maybe it's not what I expected or, or whatever, and they end up selling the property anyways, you know? I had one- So why, why? You would suggest to somebody- don't sell it if you don't get what you're looking for, even though what you're looking for was unrealistic and the market just told you what your house was worth. I think if you've listed your property and you haven't come in with the right mindset, you're, you're not doing yourself a favor. No. Right. So you should be going in to this as I'm selling because I want to divest. I'm selling because I want to go and get into a bigger home. I want to move out of the city, whatever it is. I want to get money so that I can pay for something else. And I will accept the highest possible price at the time that I'm, I'm selling, which is market value. And I'm going to hire a professional who's going to ensure that I get the most possible exposure on my property so that I can get the highest possible price. And if you don't come in with that mindset and you're just like, well, unless I get this, this number or whatever, even if you end up selling, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to end up feeling like you sold at the wrong time. But my job and what I'm very good at is making sure that I keep people's expectations low so that when they go in and they end up having, you know, a successful sale, they come out of it feeling really good. Because at the end of the day, the market is the market. The agents aren't in charge of the market. I don't go around telling people what they should sell for and how much a buyer should pay. I don't have that power. Right. I just oh, just your, your power lies in the strategy you you try to get a client to implement, right? 100%. So if you, if That's you, as far as I can take it, though. Yeah, but that can fuck things up real good. So here's how a real professional ensures that not only do you have the best strategy, but you actually get the best results. And that is to manage the people involved. Manage the people involved. Okay. Right. 
And if you've got a seller and you got the best damn strategy ever, you're going to put a Super Bowl ad out for these people. But they're on How do you manage anything right now? So, okay, you were in, in part uh, of this episode that we had to just scrap. Um, you were telling me that, like, like, you don't know what to tell people right now. So, and prices are just going bananas. So, so. Like, no, I know exactly what to tell people, but what I'm saying is I don't know what people's sale price is going to be. How do you how do you even like we're talking about? How do you even make a comparable? The last one sold for one five, but it didn't sell for five months or six months. Nothing is sold in the area. And now all of a sudden there's a house. The market as a whole has gone up what 30%, 28%, 34%, I think, in 12 months. Yeah. So so in six months, what did what go up? 15%. So we would be focused on not what the sale price is going to be, but what is the best listing strategy? Best listing that strategy. Would be, that would be the focus. Well, if you're not focused on the price, then the only listing strategy you can do is lowball and see what happens. Well, a lowball is probably not the right. Otherwise, term, it's but to price it based on what data we actually do have. So yeah, six months ago, houses were selling for a million dollars. And we think maybe it's more now because the market's gone up and that there's different features of your home that are superior to the other ones, whatever. But listing it at 1.3 is probably not a great idea trying to forecast what the buyers are going to pay. Buyers are going to say, oh, that's crazy. The last sale was a million dollars. It's only six months ago. Why do I want to be a chump? I don't right. want to pay $300,000 right. more. But you list it at a million because then everyone goes, wow, Daryl's a great seller. He's realistic. He's going to sell it for the same price that, that Joe sold it for six months ago. Daryl, he's a good guy. I want to buy from him. Now everybody lines up and competes on Daryl's property at a million. And one guy says, look, I've been competing and I've been losing and my wife's driving me crazy. And I think that if I don't get a property in the next three weeks, she's probably going to leave me. So yeah. 1.3 done. I'll take it. I'm going to be here for 20 years. What do I care what the price is? I can afford it. The bank's giving me the money. It's too sure. Where's the guy that we beat out on this house? Where, what did he have to do? Because there's more, but there's nothing even to buy in here. If they wanted to live in this area, they lost they're chance. like waiting and waiting and waiting. Now, there was a blind bid, right? So I don't know if I overpaid or I, if I paid if I offered more than the other guy by 80,000 or 3,000, right? Yeah. I have no idea. No idea. I, and it's, I just and know it's, that and it's, it's good that we'll never find out. No, but we had to actually do an analysis of what we thought the thing was worth, right? We didn't yeah. just go throw a dart at the thing. Yep. Were we right? Who the hell knows? Well, it turned out okay for you. But the main thing is this. What was it worth to you? Because some people might have looked at that house and said, it's perfect in every single way and I don't need to change a thing. Other people might have come in and said, oh, you got to gut it. Nothing, nothing is what I want. You guys were in the middle. And so you got to make the most out of it. Right? Oh, my so, God. Yeah. You should see the place now. It looks great. I saw, oh. I saw it under construction. I'm, I'm excited to come and see it next week. Oh, but, do you know what I mean, Daryl? So, so everybody's sure. got their own objective opinion of value. I can't even imagine people that are like stretching their budget to get into an area that they like, but the houses just need all kinds of work. And if you just don't have that money, like what you will have to live in or endure until you save up more money to put it in or, or until the market says it's worth even putting that money in, right? Like, for example, if I would buy even on the other side of my street here where the, the lots are much larger and on a ravine, like 
I would have had to pay, you know, mine wasn't renovated. I, I, I would have to pay way more, but like you, you can, you can buy more house or more property with old house for the same money. Do you know what I mean? And if you want something specific in a specific area and something comes up, like you're not going to have enough money to do everything the way things are moving right now. And especially you said, like, people don't even, maybe you didn't say, maybe you said in the last version of this episode, but you you said it's not even worth putting money into a house before you sell it now to try and get more like people commonly do, right? This is the stupidest thing that people are doing right now, okay? The dumbest thing is that they're looking at their property. They're going to sell it no matter what. Whatever reason they're selling for, good for them. They're going to put their houses on the market and they're going to spend money to go and fix it up or to stage it or to, you know, make it look like, you know, the, the kitchen's not as old or whatever it is. Nobody cares about those things right now. There's nothing for sale. Yeah. They just want a house. The, the only thing that you need to do right now for an, you know, your agent needs to do is bring as many buyers through the door as possible. That's the only job an agent has right now. Everything out, light a match, burn all the stuff inside and get as many people through the door as possible. Well, if you can well, drive traffic, there'll be uh, more offers and they will be end up being a higher price. Fixing uh, People are fixing things right now that are so insignificant and it's going to actually just throw good money after bad. I guarantee it. Well, so, but how is this an environment where like flippers can make money? Like, why are we attacking flippers? Why, like, how, how, how can in, in it... I mean, how many investors do you work with right now? Like, how are investors the target of the yeah. government's uh, crosshair right now? Like, how are how is all of the... Do you want to bring up that letter that you wanted to talk about? We do. We're going to talk about the letter. And uh, from my you know previous experience with this letter is we're going to talk about it in a way without our opinions. <laughs> no, no, no. Talk about we what can't it means. do that. But, Why? But who the hell cares about what the letter means? But they, all these points in the letter are what we need to address. This is what people want to hear. They want to know how the government wants to. This is an informational show. So we should talk about you what think the people are listening about. to this for for for, for the info for facts. And then yeah. we we cut the stat show. That doesn't even make sense. Okay, so it go ahead, facts. sir. Tell tell everybody the facts, and I will not give my opinion. You can give your opinion. But I'm giving the global the opinion. I'm talking for everyone. Okay. But you, you go ahead. I'm going to bite my tongue right now. Okay. But let's like lead up into it a little bit better. Lead up into it a little bit better. Little bit There's better, so much yeah. to talk about. I don't know where to go right now. And I, I don't want to recreate a conversation. That doesn't seem natural. That's what I'm trying not to do. Right. right. So when it, com when it comes to the government right now, what their involvement is, prices have gone up. I don't think you have to talk as close either to your mic. I think you're good. You're, you're like, you don't have to talk as close. Yeah, that's good. So the government wants to <laughs> make sure that housing becomes more affordable for the average Canadian. And they don't care about flippers. They don't care about people getting rich through real estate investment trusts. They don't care about any of those things. Okay. Those don't, those don't facilitate what the government's goal is, which is obviously to you know provide housing for people, but also to uh, collect tax revenue. Okay. I don't think their goal is to provide housing for people. Well, it is. That's that's definitely something that they look at, and they want to make sure that people have places to live. There I go with the opinion again. The the immigration and everything else too. So with Trudeau's letter to the housing minister, they're looking at 
ways to be able to cool the housing market because Bank of Canada, which we're going to talk about as well today, can't just go and raise interest rates and everything else because they just don't have the employment numbers that they want. And they keep on mentioning the employment numbers because it's something that they're focusing on, not just where the housing market's going to go and what inflation is going to do. They've got to balance this in a way to be able to continue. And so they're talking about specific areas that they can uh, use tools. And the example they're giving is the stress test. So they're not saying we're going to do anything more with the stress test. They're just saying, look, just like we used the stress test in the past to cool the housing market and it worked, we could do something again like that without just arbitrarily, arbitrarily raising interest rates and screwing the economy in other ways. Right. That's and and that's what they should be doing. But that's what the problem is, is. I know, but the letter doesn't hit the problems. It, it, it makes a boogeyman and attacks a boogeyman. You didn't that, even read the letter. I read the letter. I thought it was, I thought it was from some native chief. I thought it was from a native chief until I what's read the, the bottom. What's the answer? What's the answer to what? To the housing create, crisis? Create more housing, which is in this letter. That's part broad, of it. That's part zoning, of it. More funding into supply. That's 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 what this letter is all about. Just the beginning has to do with investors, and I, that's that's what you can't get past. I know. I see it all. No, I see it all. But I know the reality too, and I know it's just another piece of paper, and that most of the ideas on here are not even going to come to fruition. I agree. Ever. Why and, is it on the, Why is it there? Why is it a topic to talk about then? Why is it a topic to talk about? That is a great question. It's a talk topic to talk about so that your your initial statement of the government wants to provide housing for people and make it affordable for locals actually has, you know, so, some some story behind it because that's all that that really is is a, a story. You think Trudeau gives a shit if 22-year-old kids in Canada own a home or not? He doesn't give two shits. Nobody in the government really gives a crap about that. People they only care about themselves. That's the reality, especially all these people. But there's some ideas in there that will definitely cool the market. So why don't we talk about those? Because there, there's ideas in there that if actually implemented can have an effect. The How long will it take to even implement any of them? We now in the next election, not happening. None of them? Not all of them. You said all of them. Some of no, them, no, yeah. even any some, of them. Some of them in the first quarter of this year. Okay, please tell me which one will be in the first quarter of this year. I'd like to go through the list before I give you my answer. I think you should. So the first one on the list. Let's is, let's call up your screen, sir. It's okay. We can just talk about it. The first right. one on the list is them limiting the amount of rent increases. So when a a popular Burr method or, you know, people who have got, uh, you know, rent eviction plans for different properties, whether they're just buying them or they already own them, they're looking at, I'm going to increase the rent. So I'm going to, you know, this tenant's going to leave. He's been there for 20 years. He's paying 900 bucks. I'm going to go in, renovate his unit. And now I'm going to get $2,000 a month rent because that's what the market rent is. They want to be able to have landlords disclose that on their filings so that they can control it to ensure that rent increases aren't going above and beyond what the government feel is fair, feels is fair because, because a rent increase of 1.2%, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is pennies. And if you can, if you can increase, if you can double your rent by getting a tenant out, it's going to lead to you being more 
so so for example, the big landlords, this is everybody knows this. The big landlords let their buildings run to the ground so they can get people to leave, so people want to leave, so they can have these renovations, so they can end up redeveloping the land, so they can go in there and increase rents to market rents because people have been there forever. That is a, that's the play for some of these big REITs when they go and buy down in Parkdale and all these other areas with these really dilapidated buildings. Right. But the, I mean, the, the policy dictates the behavior, right? If there was, if there weren't rent controls in place, they would keep their buildings at a certain level to attract top rent uh, renters, right? Okay. The system forces them to, to not maintain things so that they can maintain a profit margin other ways because inflation but what you're saying is what you're saying is that there's no need for dated apartments and shitty buildings that are 50 percent of market rent because no one wants to live there because drug addicts and gang members and everything else are living in the building there's a market for that there are people who need that housing that's all they can afford i'm not saying that at all But, but that's but that's what you're saying by implying that the market there's there's a reason those people have to be protected as well so there's a reason that the rent increases are the way that they are. I, I totally get it. There, there's no good system at the moment. And I'm not saying that I have the answer. I'm saying the policy dictates the behavior, right? So, so who's going to own a hundred unit building? Not like a normal everyday person who has a nine to five job. Most of them aren't owning that. So it has to either be some form of investor or the government. And we see what happens with the government housing. I mean, they're playing the same game, right? They don't. They can't raise rents. They have no funding, and the things fall apart because that's what things do. They fall apart over time. So, how can they maintain them? Keep rent like it, it, it's it's mission impossible for anybody. So, who actually, you know, an investor can't just print money, right? To to maintain a level of margin that they need to keep their investors happy, which is that game. Like that's how it works. If, if you're not, somebody has to own it, which means somebody has to make a profit. The government, however, has all this land that they paid nothing for billions of years ago. And now it's worth $10 trillion. They can make a dent, but what are they doing? They're selling it to developers. They're selling land to developers. So, so, so I'm not saying I have an answer. I'm just saying what the hell's going on. And it will continue because if, listen, TK, if I don't have the answer, they don't have the answer. That's for damn sure, right? There's no answer right now. So it's going to keep spinning like this with policies. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Okay, move on. Anti-flipping tax on residential properties. Yes. Any, any property held for less than 12 months. Who the hell can flip a house now? There's people flipping houses. Can you make money flipping a house right now? I guess so. I I don't think so, but there are people doing it. Couldn't you just buy a house, not do anything to it, not move into it, and four months later make a hundred grand? I would say that would be the best strategy. (laughs) 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 But to go in there and pay market price and then renovate. Renovate and get out. You either are avoiding a tax bill, which you'll find out later that you didn't make any money, or right, you lose your shirt right off the bat. But I think the, the guys who are flipping, they are really good at finding deals. If you're a good flipper, you're not a good seller. You're not a good renovator. You're a good buyer. 
Okay. You're an okay renovator and you're a market seller. Is there you're so, really you're a really good buyer? How can you be a good buyer now? Off off market, you're finding people who are not stupid. Educated. Yeah, yeah, old right. and Next. stupid. Okay, yeah. Temporary ban on foreign buyers. Foreign buyers, non recreational property. So non recreational. So you can be a foreign buyer buying yeah, so a place to live. You want to buy a cottage? Yeah, if you're in the states and you want to buy a cottage and you want to come up from Michigan and hang out around Lake Erie or whatever, then yeah, you, you, you're not going to have that tax. I think we've talked about this. We've, we've, we're beating a dead horse. Let's not <sighs> go down that one. There's so many ways to beat all this stuff. All right, tax, tax treatment for real estate investment trust. So real estate investment trust, trust is by far the best tax vehicle for investors. Real estate is, is set up in a way for uh, real estate uh, investors to be able to have the least amount of taxes paid because of the way that the dividend structure works and the way that, you know, they're not going to be realizing those gains for capital gains until they, they sell the property. Um, if you're, a, if you're a, a smaller investor, uh, refinancing the property, taking it out cash-free, there's a or tax-free, there is a ton of uh, tax advantages to being in a real estate investment trust for sure. So what are they doing to those? They're just going to review that and, and decide if that's something that they want to continue. I mean, to me, so he's asking the housing minister to review that? Possible reforms. Yep. Ooh, possible reforms. Okay. What else? Right. Uh, policies to curb excessive profits in investment properties while protecting small independent landlords. I don't know how you do that, but policies, anti flip. Anti -flip. Hold, hold on a sec. That's yeah, excessive. Hang <laughs> on. You can't sell it for exuberant. that much money. Exuberant. Exuberant. This is crazy. Um, down payment requirements for investment properties. The, the good news is this. Okay, they're 20% down, right? 80% loan to value, commercial properties, you know, anywhere from 65 to 75% loan to value. Vacant land, you're probably closer to 50%. But the main thing is, is this. In high um, valued areas like Vancouver and Toronto and all that kind of stuff, you're not, you're not going to go into the market with 20% down and do well, Right. So the guys who are going to be underwater, you're only going to buy one property. It's the, the issue with the down payment would be a huge amount of leverage on all these small town areas and stuff like that, right? Because then now you've got 80% loan to value on all these properties that you own. The market shifts. Now you're underwater. And, and so that they're probably looking at those smaller areas. But in Toronto, if you do buy something 20% down your negative cash flow, and you're probably going to only be able to qualify for one of them and your job will probably be able to weather the storm if it does happen. But most likely you got to put down like 40 plus percent. Yeah. And eventually when rates do go up, you're fucked like At big time fucked. Exactly. Yeah. If you're already well, going to be, that's why the bank is only going to give you one property, right? The bank, but yeah, then some guy in Brampton's going to give you 18 other loans. True. Anyways, so you got all the you got the, you got all the answers. I do. Uh, transparency in real estate transactions, including a ban on ban on blind bidding. Blind bidding. Again, we we we've beaten the dead horse here. You know, it's uh, it's it could lead to higher prices. Blind bidding could lead to lower prices, but it's like in some in some cases. But think about all the cases where somebody says, "I'm only going to go to this price because." I don't want to uh, overpay, right? 
So they make that offer and then someone else bids 10 grand higher. And then they go, well, if I knew there was only 10 grand more, I would have given them 20 more. And then that guy says, well, if I knew it was only 10 more, I would have paid 20 more. And next thing you know, it's an up, up, up an extra hundred grand because they both know that another human being is willing to pay that higher price. It's mm. the same concept. It, it, it could hurt the market. Hmm. Yeah. Hurt the market as in allow it to continue along its current pace. Yeah. Preventing renovictions. Honestly, renovictions are tough already. You know, this is a federal mandate, so I don't know how it's like in other provinces, but in Ontario, it's definitely not as easy as just, hey, I need to do some work. Get it. Excuse me. uh, My daughter needs to live here now. Uh, We're going to have to ask you to leave. And then you see it listed again two months later for double. Exactly. That's a what I thought your sister, your daughter was moving in there. You. Okay. Yeah, that's a little different, but I know what you're saying. But that's what uh, everybody does. They used to do it a lot more. Now, now it's the tenants are aware. So I'm getting calls from people who did it and the tenant moved out. And now the tenant says, oh, this is going to be a payday for me because I can see that they're renting. They're screwing with me. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah. They, they what do they get? Now. Three months of rent? I don't know how exactly what the tenant gets, but I know the fines are up to 50,000 more for corporations. Big Actually, no, corporations can't do an end call. Anyways, talk to a paralegal. Uh, housing accelerator fund, okay, which is including inclusionary zoning, increased densification, reductions in construction approval timelines, and the rapid development of vacant or underused lands. Ooh, there was one in there that would make a big difference. Densification. Well, that's part of it, but no, keep going. Reductions in construction approval timelines. Ah, oh, you want to talk about bringing inventory online? Stop the horseshit. Hire another 50 planners, stop the horseshit, put stuff through, and let people build the stuff. This is a $4 billion fund that they're bringing in. Oh, good. So they're only going to throw away $4 billion on this shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're only going to waste $4 billion. Okay, good. All Let's right. go. Um, Minister of Finance makes investments, investments, and continue to advance our investments in affordable housing and extend the model of cooperative housing to renew communities. So this doesn't work. This doesn't work. The federal government and cooperative housing and all that kind of stuff. It only works in really, really, really rural settings. That's it. And they and it goes downhill from there. And it's majorly inefficient. But at the end of the day, they want to make sure that they're at least providing some housing on, on some regard, because there are places in Canada that require this. All right. Make it easier for renters to get on the path to home ownership, create a fund to test, develop and scale rent to own projects across the country. Again, hopeless, never going to work. They've tried it so many times. It makes no sense to go into partnership with the government. Getting a Brampton loan is way more <laughs> safer, advisable <laughs> Than taking money from the government. At least the Brampton, Brampton loan people have their hand in your pocket in the beginning, not for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know they're screwing you for sure. Renewed anti-racism strategy. Renewed uh, national anti- action plan, combating hate crimes. Training okay, tools. are we done with this already? No. No? No. Uh, support for federal anti-racism secretariat to ensure whole of government approach systemic racism, including increased resources. I know this is not something that you can relate to, Daryl, but these are important things. Move forward to implement the Black-led philanthropic endowment fund to support Black-led and Black-serving community organizations. There's no question about it 
that there is a huge disparity between um, different uh, demographics and home ownership, whether it be black or indigenous, uh, veterans, it's, it's major, it's major. And that's something that the government needs to support, 100%, 100%. How many billion for that? What are we doing with that? We're just talking. I'm just writing this in here. Um, I don't really people. know what we're going to do about it. Are they going to do anything about it, any of that? Conver converting empty office and retail spaces in the federal portfolio and commercial buildings into market-based residential housing. Why, why are there empty buildings in their portfolio? Because office and retail is tanking. So they're, they're The government that. owns retail? Absolutely. Why the fuck is the government owning retail? Because if they've got an office building set up and the, the base has got a retail, shop, uh, then that's going to be retail, right? They shouldn't be allowed to run stuff. The government, I have the answer, TK. The government should not be allowed to run things. I think that's the definition of what the government does. And herein lies the problem. We figured it out. What day is today? Introduce enhancements. We got to mark this to day down. The federal lands initiative to ensure federal government is more effectively deploying its inventory of lands to advance the objectives of the national housing strategy. Are we going to read my letter to the Canadian people after this? I think we're. I think this is you. This is you. You. you <laughs> this is you really wrote me. This letter and you signed Trudeau underneath. I'm it. JT. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. What else is in here? Are we going to save the fish? We need to save all the fish. Uh, chronic homelessness among veterans, right? Of, of course. How is that even possible? What's possible? Homeless veterans. How are they not taken care of? Like if you That's go to I mean. war, why don't yeah. you just have a house when you come back? So the average person, I think it's like, you know, it's a it can be a laneway house. It's a Those are great. It's a low percentage of people are, are, are uh, homeless, obviously, right? That's a very small number, but it's like 4% of veterans like it's like a crazy number that is like way above the national average that shouldn't exist right so obviously there's some mental health initiatives that have to be put into place obviously the first nations inuit metis communities all that kind of stuff like we don't understand what goes on in these northern parts the people who move down here into the toronto area again are systematically uh, disadvantaged and then again higher numbers of homelessness jailing all that kind of stuff so these are all areas that need to be looked at right but do, do you, you so you think like people just have a right to live in a place in an area no but i think that it's very clear that if you've got a certain upbringing or you've had certain experiences it will lead to disadvantages for home ownership 100 100 it does it's and it's clear I'll give you an example on the other side. white people white let me get let me give you an example on the other side okay why are most of the developers in the world, right? But real estate developers around the Ontario, Jewish. You didn't do Why? that. Did you Why? said that? Is Why? it true? It's not fucking true. There's, there's a lot a good, of Jewish. There's, there's a, a lot. There's a ton of Persian, Indian, like. I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's not. I'm saying there's everything. Chinese. A lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the biggest players are. Italian. Because, because of support. A couple of Italians. Because of support from 
you know, family, friends, where people talk. I am shocked, TK. I know, you're, you're not going to it. They're going to talk about it. It's going to be a part of your upbringing. It's going to be something like that could be a, that's a realistic goal. How many people in the Inuit communities are sitting around their table going, you know, son, one day you should own real estate and you should be a real estate developer and you should go to school for that. And that it's just, those conversations aren't happening. Okay. So it takes implementation at the ground level you know, whether it be support at home. But if they cared about that, wouldn't they be happening? Like they don't care about that. That's why they don't talk about that because they want to like do the things they care about, like connect with nature and live off the land and all that kind of fun stuff. Like they're not into okay. real estate. So, then, so what What about black, black led communities, Daryl? Oh, okay. We're going to go there, are we? I'm just There's saying. plenty of black people that own houses and plenty of black people that make a lot of money and they have lots of opportunities. And yeah, maybe they don't talk about it at the dinner table because they don't care about it at the dinner table. Not, not every white not family talks about real estate. Not, not every Jewish family owns of real estate. Of course not. I know that. I'm just but, giving you an example. There's a disparity, right? And it, there's, there's, a pretty, there's a pretty strong case. If you read any of the articles I sent you. I read them strong, all. There's a strong case to support that there are disadvantaged people, which leads to less home ownership. And that's what this is all about. There's all right, definitely at the last, the last demographic support the minister for women and gender equality and youth in the evaluation process of the GBA plus with the goal of enhancing the framing parameters of this analytical tool with a particular attention to the intersectional analysis of race, indigeneity, indigeneity, I don't know how to say that word, rurality, disability, and sexual identity among other characteristics. How many female de developers are there, Dale? Not very many. Not very many. Finally, I got you to admit something. Well, <laughs> but again, why Why is that? Is it because women don't have a chance to buy a piece of land and develop it? No. Why is it? Do they not grow up in Jewish houses? <laughs> like, what the fuck is it? I don't know. Right. They don't give a give shit the about this. But this is men's things. stupidity. This, this is, is men things. shit. This is a big monopoly game for a bunch of gorillas. This is not for the women. Now, some of them behave like crazy gorillas, so they're good at it. But if they were interested, they would dominate this game. They don't care, most of them. The ones I know that are in it are unbelievable. Like they're vicious. So they are be, killers. There should be more monopoly. Way more monopoly than that. Games. Yes. In the you know female communities. All right. Um, work with the. Are you looking for something affairs. good in here? Okay. Yes, I'm trying to support you here. Work with the Minister <laughs> of Foreign Affairs to support the <laughs> oh, right, my letter. envoy on preserving Holocaust remembrance and combating anti-Semitism and advancing their mandate. Hello. Okay. Like yeah. how, how long are we fighting anti-Semitism? Let's put money into Apparently it because that'll make a to. difference. What are we going to do? How do Apparently we fight we still it? Need to. How, how it's the war on drugs. Awareness. TK. Look Propaganda. at what happened with the war on drugs. Every, every third store is a drug store now, right? So, Everything's a cannabis is, shop. There's is, no, this is in the letter. Okay. This is oh, in the letter. No. We know so, that not everything in the letter is going to fly. No okay. logic. But no it's, logic. It's inclusive. It's inclusive. It's there to be able to, you know, give everybody the sense that the federal government's got their back. 
Give them the sense, TK. There, again, you hit it on the head. It's propaganda. It's bullshit. It's baloney. It will go nowhere. Hold on. How many points are on there? How many things are on there? Let's make a bet. 30, 30 to 40, maybe. Okay. I'm betting two things come to fruition in some form by 2025. Two. Two? Yeah. Which what two? do you think? Which two? It doesn't matter. They'll fail anyways, the programs. <laughs> but, you know, housing what? accelerator fund, I think, is something that's, you know, easy for them to earmark some. some. Oh, yeah. The, say, they'll like, blow yeah, some money on fund. that. We got the fund. We, got the we fund. put out four billion fund. dollars. Like, who, what else are we supposed to do? Yeah, use the fund. Use the do funds. We, do we have any money left in the fund? Is there any money left in the fund for this? What fund? There was never any money in the fund. We need to raise yeah, taxes. Don't ask about the Stop talking about the fund. Like we're we're yeah. in we're in office. <laughs> There's no fund. <laughs> this is amazing. So, but hold on a sec. Uh. Did we talk about immigration at all on this version of the episode? So immigration's we here. We hit our target number of four hundred one thousand. Exactly thirteen new people came to the country, and the other three hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and eighty seven. They already live here. So so we have a housing crisis and we brought in 400,000 people that didn't actually come in that already are in housing somewhere. Yes. So so I believe, and I, I'm very confused right now. I don't know if we talked about this at the beginning of this episode or some point in the last version of this episode, but like, what does it really feel like when 400,000 people actually do come into this country in the next 12 months? 2018, we had 385,000. I know, I know this is the easy story. And but it's this like, is oh, a, there's all going to be these people. The market was tanking in 2018. The market was going down in the Toronto area and Ontario and everything else around it. In 2018, we had 385,000. So it's not just like where How about condos. Did you, did you know, did you know that there was three condos going bananas in 2018? They were they were going up still slightly, but it still wasn't a, a hot market like it was in 2000 end of 2019. But um, there were 300,000 new housing permits issued at the end of 2021, 20, uh, a record. We averaged 200,000 over the last 10 years in Canada, in Canada. There's an extra 100,000 starts. OK, in, so forget end, about the end of 2022. Canada is vast. Canada is large. Canada is great. There's parts of Canada. 401,000 people all Doesn't come matter. Canada. They're but not all coming to Ontario. Forget even Ontario. Toronto real estate show. Like, where the fuck are people that are coming to, to Toronto going to live? Where are they going to live? Condos. But where are these condos? Okay, let's do the math again. 400,000. Half of them we say come to Ontario. Is that the, the, the quick napkin math we've been using? In 2018, 42% came to. How am I going to do 42%? Okay, so what is it? Uh, 180,000? 168,000. So 168,000 come to Ontario. Out of those, 30% are coming to Toronto? Uh, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Okay. So a, third of the, a third of the. No, no, no. 42% come to Ontario, but about 33% of. Come all to the Toronto. Canadian immigrations end up in Toronto or the GTA. Right. Okay. So, so that is like what? 50, 60,000? 3,000 total. No, no, no. A third of the total 400,000. 400,000. We're saying that 
a third of those really yeah. oh my god that's way that's like more than half of the ones that come to ontario yes okay whoa they're coming to ontario where are they gonna go who the i don't know you're, now they're going to got, bancroft and paying got, eight billion dollars um like you know what i've always dreamed of living you, in a small town like sudbury ontario do you have anything in belleville perhaps yeah i want to stand out like a sore thumb because everybody looks like they are you know colonel sanders in belleville maybe i can move there maybe i can move there make a splash in belleville but so, okay where what are we talking about we're talking about immigration immigration okay and so why, when the actual so anti-immigration it's not anti i i love it i love it i just don't see how we're going to keep up and how prices are going to tank and how the the market reverses even with implementation of all these wonderful things here of which some of are to like uplift people into being able to buy more housing or pay more for housing but like how how does the train slow down Little speed bumps is what we'll see from stupid policies. And that's psychological. it. It's going to be a psychological. Right now, real estate is hot. So there's, again, we talked about this. Did we talk about this in this episode? 25% less buyers, 25% more sellers? I don't think so. Episode? And that's important. Okay. So again, right now, this is where we're at. Yes. Okay? This we is have no inventory. No inventory. 25% less buyers because of policy changes and tons of and buyers. Limitations on financial capabilities and stuff like that means we're going to be here with the buyers. All of a sudden, everybody's afraid. They're saying, oh my God, it's, I got to sell my property. I was going to retire with that money. I don't want to lose. I'm going to end up not having the, 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 the fund that I thought I was going to have for fill in the blank. This is my life. That many more people end up selling. And the gap between the markets ends up going much wider, Daryl. I'm telling you. I get it. I get Things it. Things can change quickly. But if we do the math, which we did before, and we'll do it again quickly. If we eliminate, if we change the market by 50%, okay? However yes. we do it, if we add more sellers and we eliminate a bunch of buyers, okay? And we change the market by 50%, we still will have three or four bidders on every single house. That's going to and be, so a gigantic a shortage. A 50% change in one month. I agree with you. One it month. Won't, it won't be that drastic. But that same change ends up getting exponentially larger as a six to 12 month period goes on. Because yeah. So what happens is piling up. Right. But it, it's not going to pile up because there's a they, we're, we're at less than half of what we need. So hold on a sec. Let's there, think it there, through. I'm just giving you the answer here. Okay. One oh. month, 10,000 sales. All of a sudden now you have only 7,500 sales, right? Okay. And, and active listings, right? Because you had one month of inventory, 10,000 active listings. Now it has 12,500 listings. Okay. So that means that there's 5,000 houses on the market every month that don't sell. After one month, another 5,000. After another month, another 5,000. After another month. If you maintain that, let's just assume there's no seasonal and that each month there's only 7,500 sales. Let's just but assume you're that. assuming that, okay, if you each have- Each month, you, you add an extra 5,000 houses sitting but on the market. That's where I think you're wrong. I don't think they no get way. added onto the market. I think they it get does. absorbed for them. They it may go on, but- 7,500. If there's an extra 12,500, 
But you have a billion buyers out there who aren't getting things. So if all of a sudden right now, they'll absorb it. In 2017, I watched it, Daryl. We had 40, 50 offers and everyone was like, oh my gosh, these buyers, it's enough buyers to, to give us for the next 10 years because there's just so many different buyers out there, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what happened? Once the policy changed, all those 30, 40 buyers who lost out said, whew, I dodged a bullet. Good thing I didn't buy then. And they all went back home. Some of them never ended up buying. Okay. It's a, it's a major shift. It's not going to happen soon. It's not going to happen in January or February because we, we know too much about what's going to happen over the next 30, 60 days. So it's my guess that the spring market is going to still be a pretty aggressive market unless there's major, major changes that the government brings in that really hinders the market. And we're closer to that now more than ever. They're going to do something stupid soon. That's for sure. And it's not going to be it, like raise interest rates. Maybe a little bit. A little They're going to have to a little they can't bit. They're raising that much. There's only so much that they've got. There's only so many buttons that they can push. Blue pill, red pill. I saw the new Matrix the other day. You did? Not in the theaters. I just had a bootleg version. Was it good? It was pretty good. I'm not a I'm not a big Matrix guy. I get lost. I'm not like smart enough to really follow it. I love that movie. Yeah. So I was I was lost for about three quarters of it. So so compounding the issue here. Yes. They are talking about Canada in a different light outside of Canada now. Okay. And, and what used to be considered the American dream has been replaced with the Canadian dream. And so the, the open arms policy and the easy immigration and the, the desire to bring in uh, immigrants is, is fueling the desire for people to want to come here even more and to see the, the differences or the things that are better about Canada than the United States and, and so where, you know, companies used to steal people from Canada to come move in the States to come work for them, the, the brain drain, we used to call it here, uh, you know, it, that's happening in reverse now. And the world is now wanting to immigrate to Canada more than anywhere else in the world. Let me guess. That was an article on a Canadian media outlet's website. <laughs> It was actually a, a interview with an Indian gentleman who, yeah. um, I don't know, I think he lives in uh, Vienna. Well, who gives a shit? Well, listen, it's, 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 it's kind of potentially, possibly true, but it fits my narrative, TK. Exactly. Okay, it fits yeah. my narrative, exactly. so I, I want to hear. I want it in from here. the India media outlet saying we have got a problem. Yeah. Everybody wants to leave the country. Go to Nobody Canada. wants to we're go to Canada. Have, we're not going to have any smart people here anymore. They're all leaving to Canada. What are we going to do? This is a major problem. I'm not seeing those articles though. Okay, I love uh, Canada. I, I'm here, but it also helps me sleep at night knowing that I feel like I live in the best country in the world. Meanwhile, other parts of the world might think otherwise. Well, I think they all do. I, I think we are the perfect mix of um, illegal uh, money laundering, yep. um, free health care, yep. um, nice people, mm -hmm. good banks, good economy, yep. 
and and a lot of Overpriced potential real estate. Well, but like a lot of potential for earnings here. I mean, it's a good it's a good place if you if you good education, good tech sector, good medical sector. Like, there's a lot of good reasons to live here. And Toronto, or are you talking about Canada? Uh, Toronto, especially, but I think uh, you know Calgary and Vancouver and Montreal and I don't know about Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Edmonton, but like there are some places that are you know worth living in in Canada. But I think Toronto, for the most part, is like just we, a really we need another major city role. in Canada. We need we need another major city. I think There's like, really no reason to live anywhere. Like in Vancouver, the only reason is to launder money. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, Nothing I mean, good in Vancouver. There's not much else. Like if you're talking about you know immigration wise, why, why would you not just move to like Banff? Well, what do you do in Vancouver? Like, what do you do? What businesses are like big in Vancouver? What do what's Vancouver a, known for? I think they have a Harvey's. They have a Harvey's. Like they're just known for having a Harvey's, right? Yeah. And money laundering and real estate going bananas. What else is Vancouver good for? We know what Alberta is good for, right? I think we kind of know what Saskatchewan is good for. Edmonton deserves a chance to be on the main stage. They do, but they keep fucking it up. They traded Gretzky. They're never going to recover from that. Who will let them? But no, seriously, Montreal has a big problem. Right, it's a got a big problem. It's a good city. It's a good time, but it's got a big problem. Manitoba? What the fuck is Manitoba even for? What happens in Manitoba? It's a province. I know it's a province, but what do they do there? Not much. Uh, So where the hell are you going to live in in the in the islands? Like what the hell goes on in Nova Scotia and PEI? Like really? So if you're like a that that island of Nova Scotia, it's a it's a scary place. If you're going to immigrate to Canada, you got to have some dough yeah. or you got to be willing to work really hard for no money. Those are the two options. The Why people with dough. Real estate developer? Well, but the people with dough, they're not moving to Manitoba and uh, PEI, right? They, they probably don't even want to live in Montreal, right? English is bad enough for them. French for sure. Fuck that, <laughs> right? So, so what are your options? If you're not laundering money, you really have like one option. Unless you're in uh, uh, oil, then you have two options. Mm-hmm. So where are you going to go? To Toronto, Ontario, for damn sure, because of let's, work let's, from home. I want to hear. I guess I want to hear your your point to everything today. What is your point? What is what is what's going on in the back of Daryl's head where he? I just think that housing like is gonna going to keep going. Yeah, we're just on a train. I think between between the government having zero vested interest in raising interest rates, which is really probably the only thing that really fucks this thing up good, I think all the other things are just like little hurdles that take a little... Maybe they take a year to recover from, but they're not like these crazy deep 10-year like depressions. I think that they're just little blips because what do we do now when there's a problem in the economy we just throw a bunch of money at it and and we're, we we should be seeing way more inflation like canada alone put 400 billion dollars into circulation this year and we're only seeing a tiny bit of inflation and that's because 
Everybody around the world is doing the same thing. There's like a different way that money works now. If everybody, we talked about it before, if everybody increases their money supply simultaneously at ridiculous levels, everything's pegged against that US dollar anyways. So if the US dollar is doing the same thing, you know, you have crazy hyperinflation when the US isn't doing it and you start just pumping money to pay back all your loans and all the bullshit. But everybody's raising their debt ceilings and everybody's pumping money into their systems like crazy. How does it crash until it just gets to that crazy point, which we're not there yet? It's going to keep just going out of control. Because like you said before, in some version of this episode, employment's not where they want it yet. So how do you crash the economy if the goal is to get employment up? So they're just yeah. stuck. They're stuck between this rock and a hard place. Measures, and they're going to start looking at the Speed Bank bumps. of Canada is going to be is going to be um, influencing the federal government to letting them know this is what we need to do. You guys did the stress test before. Find a way to cool the housing market because the heaviest weighted item in the basket of goods is housing, right? And it's the cost of housing. It's not just the price of housing. It's how much does it cost every month for the person, average person, to live. So interest rates is a factor, rent is a factor. So on this mandate letter, they're talking about how to keep rent prices in control, how to keep prices in control for sale prices, because they know that the interest rate, it's just not going to go up as much as everybody thinks. It can't. can't. We talked about this too. The government's debt, uh, you know, bond buying, uh, you know, the only thing that's going to really force the hand of the government to uh, raise interest rates will be the rest of the world raising their interest rates okay beyond what we can can manage because we can let the the buying power of the canadian dollar go down so much but after, after you know a certain amount they have got no choice but to raise those interest rates to allow our, our bond returns to get uh, a little bit higher so that investors are buying canadian dollars again but, but, but please, TK, we haven't done the 30 to 40 things on the list yet. We can't raise interest rates until we've tried everything, TK. Interest rates are forced, not the answer. Forced if they see the Fed. The Fed right now will dictate where our interest rates go. It always has. I don't see why it would be any different like now. If we're going to look at you know losing 10 or 20% buying power uh, you know, with, with the US dollar, uh, we can't survive. We can't survive. That'll hurt jobs more than anything else. So then that, that's will, exactly it. Everybody's pegging everything against the states because they're the biggest disaster out of everything. If you don't, if we don't pump all this money into the economy, what happens to the Canadian dollar gets too strong. Then nobody wants to buy anything from us, right? Everything gets all screwed up. So like everybody in the world is stuck in this game of like keeping up with the American spending habits right? Keeping up with all that. Uh, seriously, imagine it. Let's say Canada didn't do anything. Like all these people want the gun. Don't put pump all this money into the system. Don't do anything. I don't like that it's happening, but if it didn't happen, what would happen? It'd be shown. It would be like a sign of strength for Canada, right? And then the dollar would start to, to strengthen against the US dollar because they're pumping money into oblivion. And then who's going to, is Netflix still going to open 18 studios here? If our dollar starts to climb, no, they're going to invest in like Tucson, Arizona or some Idaho or something like that, where land is cheap and they can build a warehouse. It's cheap for them to come here still. 
right? They're dollar strong here. And it's great for them to come here because it looks the same as everywhere they want to film. But that'll dry up if the dollar gets strong. Any manufacturing? Do we do any manufacturing here still? A little bit. So, so that like that any export gets greatly affected, which that fucks up the economy gigantic, right? When exports stop flowing, this economy's dead. Well We're deader. We have solved all the real estate market problems today on this show. We have we've basically I think I think we really figured out the answer though. We we, we actually hit the nail on the head. Every single one of those points on the housing uh you know mandate letter. And I so think that, boring. And I think that uh, we should write our own letter and send it back to them. And then we'll just sign the housing minister's name on the bottom as if he actually wrote it. Like, I hey, think, I think we figured it out, though. Right back at you. Here's the letter. Here, I'm going to dictate. Yeah. You don't have to okay. take notes. Yeah. But if you, if you do, it'd be helpful. <laughs> okay, I'll go back on the recording. <laughs> Dear Canadian people and Parliament and uh, housing minister you especially mm -hmm. we need to stay the fuck out of this thing and let the market do its thing we need to get out all of us need to move out of the country and just let the market take over interest rates will be dictated by the market purchase prices will be dictated by the market if you want to have a vaccine go get one if you want to wear a mask wear one if you want to do this do it if somebody doesn't like it they're going to cut your head off with a sword like the good old days signed daryl frankfort <laughs> <laughs> sound like maybe something hitler would say so daryl this has been the first podcast of 2022 we got some great guests we're going to have guest after guest after guest. In fact, we're going to have as many guests as possible just to make sure that podcasts with just Daryl and I on it are, are the least likely podcasts that you'll be tuning into. Okay. That's and right. If you want to, if you have a suggestion, if you're listening to this and you're watching another podcast or you're listening to somebody's channel, or you know of somebody who you think would make a great guest on this podcast, drop a comment, let us know, tag them, connect us. We're looking for guests. So if you know somebody, by all means, Give us a, give them a shout out so that we can reach out to them and get them on the show. Like, comment, subscribe. Thank you for watching. Apple Podcast um, merch review. Merch black T-shirts available black on the merch available. store. Yeah, yeah. You can just get them right from the uh, the Bay website. Okay, we're partnered up with the Bay. If you just order a Hanes medium web uh, T-shirt, plain black V-neck, uh, that's actually a Toronto Real Estate Show merch. And uh, yeah, you will join the family, the army join, of people the wearing family. the Toronto real estate show t-shirt. Exactly. It's All growing. Right, I'm on my way to a family get together. That's good. Yeah, Sounds like a, a good thing to do. Have a good time.
New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.